How many of you believe that we are in a real crisis in our world? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to see the things that are happening in our world. So in the outset of this message today, I believe it's time for the church to wake up. Amen. I was talking with Brother and Sister Penny yesterday. We had dinner together, and we were expressing our concerns to which it led to almost, well, being angry at the people in our world that are just willing to lay down and let it happen. But for the church, we shouldn't lay down and just let it happen. Now, I'm not talking about physically being involved in this, but I am talking about spiritually being involved in this because we are the last line of defense for spiritual matters, and if we truly are the salt of the earth, then we are the ones that will preserve what is happening in our world today. So I want to talk to you today about the tree. I must say the tree. After a violent storm one night, a large tree which over the years had become a stately giant, it was known as a magnificent, stately, giant tree. But one day, it was found laying across the pathway in a park. Nothing but a splintered stump was left. Upon closer examination showed that uh, it was rotten and it had rotted from the inside, the core because of thousands of tiny insects and had eaten away at the heart of the tree. The weakness of the tree was not brought on by the sudden storm, but it began the very moment the first insect nested within its bark. People usually don't fall overnight. Something has been eaten away at them for a long time before they fall. We lose leaves. Children of God, listen to me now. We lose leaves, but we do not fall. We lose branches, and they break, but we do not fall. We continue to stand. There are times when You have done wrong and feel broken. There's times when you feel like you have been disappointed and leaves are falling from the tree. But if you ever let a little parasite in your spirit, it won't just be branches and it won't be just leaves, but it'll bring down your life and everything that God intended for it to be. There are a lot of little things that are happening in our world right now. And be careful because it wants to bore into your spirit and eat away at you. Now, as Christians, we know that we're not perfect and there are going to be times that we're going to have struggle. 
But what we must do is protect the integrity of the tree. To say that I get discouraged doesn't mean that I'm going to walk away. At times when I'm disappointed doesn't mean that I'm going to walk away from the faith and the truth that has been instilled in me. Because there's an integrity inside that I don't want the world to have an effect on. That's why the Bible says little foxes spoil the vine. If you let a little parasite in your, in your spirit, I'm going to tell you, it may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, it may not happen next week, and it may not happen next month, but eventually it's going to get you. That's why I teach and I preach, you must be grounded in the Word of God. You don't need to just hear your pastor preach, you need to study for yourself. So that you might be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to know how to use it. You need to know how to understand the word. Amen. And if you're not careful, you allow the world to qualify the word in your life, which they don't have no business trying to qualify what is right and what is wrong. You do wrong long enough, you'll justify it too. You let sin in for a while, you'll go ahead and accept it as though it is the truth. That it's okay. God's okay with it. Because you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, until you get to the point where you say, well, you know, nothing's happened so far, so I guess everything's all right. No, it isn't all right. You need to get back into the Word of God, check yourself against it, and say, Lord, I want to do something different in my life than I have been doing in my past because I might have some things in my spirit that don't belong even at one time America was a stately giant like that tree because at one point we as a nation were built on God the foundation of God is what we built our nation on But for a long time, it didn't happen overnight, but for a long time, hidden within the heart of our country is a festering nest of sin, eating away at everything that God is. Am I telling you the truth? In fact, there are groups of people who hate Christianity and its very existence. Their agenda is not only to keep you silent, but to indoctrinate your children with alternative views. I'm going I'm to I'm just be straight with you today because I am troubled by some of this. Amen. But Sister Penny, you got me going today. I, I'm telling you, I, I am angry. I'm angry at the devil. I, I want the devil to know that we're not going to lay down and we're not going to just, just turn over and say it, it don't exist. No, the church needs to stand up and we need to march out on the battlefield on our knees and pray against the evils of this world and of the things that are coming against the church today. Amen. Their agenda is not only to keep you silent, but to indoctrinate your children with alternative views. They don't just want you to leave them alone, but they want to, uh, they want to push you to agree with them that they're right. And if you don't agree with them, they accuse you of hate crimes. Where did the old-fashioned debate go? 
I'm not talking about a judgmental spirit. I'm talking about if we don't agree, why can't we talk it out? And then why don't we agree to disagree? You may not like everything I stand for. That's your business. But I'm going to tell you that somewhere we got to get to the point where we're not sitting over here fighting each other over what we don't agree with. What we need to do is work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And when we sit down, we need to intellectually be able to converse across the aisle. I'll tell you, this is not Republican and this is not Democrat. This is Bible. That's what the church teaches. We need to teach the word of God even at the expense of friends and even though it might offend it is still right it is still true it will always be true and that is the foundation to which the church is going to build upon and know that God is right and even though men do not believe it doesn't change who God is let God be true and everyone a liar let God be true and let every man be a liar let God be true, and the world can define what they believe is true, but he is the last say-so in it all. For every knee's going to bow. They may not bow today, and they may not worship him today, but one day they're going to go to their knees and have to worship this God and say, he is Lord, and he is Christ, and his name is Jesus. Amen. They don't want you just leave them alone. They want to accuse you of hate crimes because you believe the word of God. They ridicule and make fun of a position of separation from the world as though we're strange. But no, no, we're not strange. In fact, the spirit of sin is the imposter. That's strange. When God created Adam and Eve, it was never the intent of God that Adam would induce sin into the world. When he did, God looked down and said, that's foreign to me. I don't understand this. And when God looked down and saw Adam in their sinful state, covering themselves with leaves because they recognized their nakedness, it was strange to the Lord. I'm going to tell you that's exactly what the devil would like for you to believe is that going to church is strange. Like it's non-essential or that it's weird. I don't know where we get this stuff, but I'm going to tell you, according to the Word of God, if you're living to, according to the Word of God, you ought to look at the, at the sins of this world and say, I don't understand why. It's absolutely out of control, and that is strange to me. Why can't you just use a little logic anymore? I hope I don't lose some of you because this is not a political message. This is a biblical message. They want to make fun of our separation. They want to make fun of our lifestyle. They want to make fun of the fact that we, we don't do the same things they do. 
But I'm going to tell you, it's the spirit of sin that is a stranger in this world. God never intended for sin to be in the world, but Adam and Eve brought it in and introduced us to it. And therefore, by sin, we are born in sin and shapen in iniquity. So you got to fight against the parasites that are trying to burrow their way into your spirit. Because if you're not careful, some of the stuff I'm talking about right here, you'll start making acceptance for. Oh, I'm going to go a little deeper. Some of us have kids or children and, and, and family members that, that are living a lifestyle we don't agree with. That don't mean you throw them away and that don't mean you turn them off and that don't mean you shut them down. You show them you still love them so that maybe, just maybe, just maybe through that spirit of the Holy Ghost, you can draw them back. That doesn't mean we hate the world. No, we love the world. We just want to see them saved. That's how much we love them. And if we love our kids, we don't throw them away. We reach out to them and we keep drawing them. We bring them to dinner. We sit down with them. We have discussions. We love them and we don't quit on them. Oh, my God, have mercy. Am I all right? I'm going to visit this scripture again, but I want to go to Romans 1, 25. It says this. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Served the creature, the whale, the trees, the frogs. I couldn't believe it. I was with a friend of mine that has a piece of property in California. And they had, they had him when he was trying to build his church on it. They, they said, well, there's a couple things you got to do. The environmentalist told him that they got, he has to put a fence around his property. And that fence has to be approximately six inches below the soil. And then there needs to be a couple holes in it, or holes around it, where they put a plastic cup. So if by chance there's a, this protected species, uh, it's a little lizard, if it falls in that cup, then you can't build on this. So he said every night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, he'd go down there and make sure there was no lizards in there. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to, but it's going crazy. They served, hear what I'm saying, they served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. Then also says in Romans 10, 3, it says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. I want to pause here for a moment and tell you that you cannot create your own righteousness. Righteousness is right and just. Break it down. It's right and justice. You can't create your own right and justice. Why is that? Because you and I, as I've already quoted, are born in sin. Therefore, we need something outside of ourselves to make us righteous. Not by our own ability, but only by the right and justness of God. Are y'all still with me? Turn, 
turned the truth of God into a lie. Absalom was the son of David. He was known for his beauty. Joab, who was the captain over David's army, was in pursuit of Absalom. I'm going to go back on this story where you understand everything I'm saying. And while Absalom was riding his horse through the thicket and through the trees, his hair was blowing in the wind, and it caught in the tree, and he found himself hanging from his hair in the tree. While he is swinging back and forth, perhaps doing his best to try to dislodge his hair from the limbs of the tree. Get this, the tree. The tree. The tree now becomes his judgment. When Joab sees him Hanging in the tree, he pulls out some darts and thrusts them into the body of Absalom. Absalom now, I can see him as he's reminiscing and thinking back about when did all of this start. It was just a little thing. What brought him down? What was the thing that brought what could have been the next king over Israel down? What was it? Oh, it started probably when he was a little boy. And no one would correct his bad attitude. So now he could mock adults and he could run and do as he pleased and throw his little temper tantrums. Don't you know who my daddy is? King David is my dad. He's the king over all of Israel. You can't tell me you're not my boss. He's growing older now. He starts looking toward, in his adolescent years, toward the king's palace and the things that his dad owned. And he thought in his heart he began to desire those things. And, and deviantly, he later begins to proselyte the people that were coming up to seek counsel from his father. Absalom is thinking this now, perhaps while he is swinging in the tree and thinking about what, what did, where did I go wrong? What, I, I, I should have listened when they were correcting me. I should have heard my dad tell me time and time again, son, you need to, you need to fix your spirit. You need, to, you need to work on yourself. You need to admit that you got some issues in your life because if you don't admit it and you don't take responsibility for it, son, it's going to destroy you. Son, you've come to church. You've been in the house of God. You've been around the king and the king's throne. You've ate at the table. You've done all the things, the privileges of anyone else that could have had the best life that God had for them. But instead, you decided to do it your own way and you created your own righteousness and you created your own idea of what you thought was right and wrong until you turned what was right. I'm talking to somebody right now. Absalom's hanging from the tree. Life is now spilling from his body, and he's thinking, why am I in this condition? I sought war against my father, and now 
My life has been taken from me. Right here. We need to understand right here is where, as a church, we need to stand up for what we believe. We've got a lot of people in the church today that are not going to make it to heaven if they, if they keep living the way they're living. I know I'm talking pretty straight right now, but I'm going to get pastoral for a little while. We need, we, need, we need to step up. As a church, there's a lot of the people in this church that are part of the body, and we need to pull them back in because they're, they're, they're struggling. They just don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. But as the people of God, we need to stand up. We don't need to hide this. We don't need to conceal it. We don't need to cover it in darkness. We need to get ourselves out of our own righteousness into the righteousness of God. And help each other. Amen. Amen. So he was judged by the tree. Absalom, it's the tree that got you. Then David makes this statement. He said, when he heard the news of his son, he said, would God I had died for thee. Son, I would have died for you. Don't you know how much your dad loved you? I tried to correct you. I tried to tell you what was right. But for whatever reason, you had listened to your friends before you'd listened to your father. Amen. You had listened to your peer pressure, the peer pressure of the circle that you're around, rather than listen to your pastor. Amen. Son, I would have died for you Amen. to see you saved. So let's talk about the tree. Jesus said that God, God's heavenly presence was arriving in the earth through Jesus Christ. And his mission would be in a body of a man to which Jesus was the fulfillment of God. God dwelleth in him. And Jesus likened himself unto a huge tree growing and spreading into hearts and lives of those that will believe. That's why he says in John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine. Everybody say, I am the tree. Say it. Referring to Jesus now, say, Jesus is the tree. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. What's he referring to as fruit? A lot of people like to think that this is only referring to the fact that we're winning souls. That's not all it's talking about, but it's the fruit of deliverance. Jesus is the way for you to find your peace and deliverance, and that can only happen through Jesus Christ. And then he says, you can do nothing without me. You can do nothing without me. Jesus is the tree. We are the branches. And I'm going to tell you, this tree is not going to fall. But there's another tree. Listen to this. Jesus is walking and he walks by a tree. And he found no fruit upon the tree. So Jesus curses the tree. It had beauty. 
It had green leaves. It had healthy bark. But the heart of the tree had within it something that was not of the nature to which it was created. The tree had something in it that was not natural. Because if it was, and if everything was okay, it would have given the fruit and it would bear the fruit to which it was created to do. So he looks at this tree and he curses this tree. And this tree is the prophecy of things to come that will be cursed. And so in Romans 1.24 says, wherefore God, and I'm going to read the scripture again here in just a moment in the 25th verse, but let's back up and look at it. It says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever, amen. Then it says this, watch. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile, unto vile uh, affections. For even their women did change the natural. The natural use into that which is against nature. Amen. He, said that, he said that there was a natural course of your creation. I created you to be what you are. And that's being challenged right now. We're being told that we ought to be ashamed that we're masculine men. And that, that, that our kids, while they're little, little children, eight, nine years old, when they go to school, their teachers are telling them that they get to choose what gender they want to be. Where's God in all this? I didn't know we could choose what gender we could be. I thought when I was born... It was on my birth certificate. I'm a boy. I look like a boy. I look like a boy. Even as a little baby, I look like... Am I talking to anybody? Amen. There's a world out there telling you no. It doesn't matter what you look like. You can be what you want and the doctor will fix it. But I'm going to tell you, there's not a doctor in this world can fix you and it can't fix me. The only one that can is the tree of life to which we're grafted into and become the branches of a tree that will not fall. Come on, somebody, help me now. A tree that will not fall, Sister Williams. Amen. I'm a... I want you to know that God is wanting us to understand that it's time for us to rise up and be known for those that are in fear of God and not fear of man. Amen. I'm not ashamed to have hair grown on my chin. I'm not afraid. The Bible even talks about uh, not to be effeminate, men. Listen to me now. Why? Because you'll be entertaining the spirit of this age. Amen. I know. I'm, 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 I should have preached this on, on Wednesday, but you wouldn't hear Wednesday, so I got to preach it today. Amen. 
Amen. That's why we walk like men. We talk like men. We act like men. We're gentlemen of God that know what we are. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to say this. Some of you men need to be the men of your home. Ladies. Uh, Amen. Don't be like Eve and tell him to eat the apple. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to be ugly. I, I want you women to understand that I don't think that, it, that it's the responsibility of the woman the reason why Adam fell into sin, because it's not. He fell, or she fell into sin simply because she was deceived, but he fell into sin because he was rebellious. Amen. He knew what was right. But I'm going to tell you, men, you need to be men in your homes. I, I, I could go off on this, and I don't want to uh, chase rabbits, but, but at least I got to go down at least one hole before the day's over. Is that, that, that men, your, your position is not to manipulate and control your wife. Oh, I, I, I haven't taught this in a long while in this church, but let me, let me put it this way. Men, you are to love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. We, we like to talk about, well, you're my wife, you belong to me, and, and, and you're just an object, so you do what I tell you to do. Uh, you need to get off your own little throne and get back at the feet of Jesus while he's sitting on his throne because you're not the one that should be sitting there. I have no idea where all this has come from. Someone said to me just recently, and you've heard me say this, they said, Pastor, man, you, you, the best preaching you do is when you're half mad. <laughs> I'm mad at the devil, that's for sure. I, I think, listen to me, Paris, I think we need to protect our kids and from, from a lot of these teachers that are teaching all this nonsense to your kids. You, you need to know what those teachers are teaching, and you need to make a fuss over it if they're trying to tell you you don't have no business uh, coming to the school, they are the ones that have control of your children. And you don't have, as a parent, any business coming down the school to tell them what they should or should not instill into your children. That is a lie. If enough people would go down to our school systems and start saying, uh, you know, that uh, you're not going to teach that to my child. Who was it that handed me an a application? You gave me an application of what was required. You had to fill all of this out. It had everything to do with gender and identity and all that stuff. And that was over in the Mesa School District. If that don't trouble you, I don't know what does. If you don't think that we're living in the last days, I, I don't know how to preach it any other way where you would understand it. Because I'm telling you, this is the tree that Jesus is talking about, that he had to curse because there's something down deep inside of this tree, it may look good, it may smell like a tree, look like a tree. It might have bark on the, 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 the stump and the tree itself, but look at this fruit. Let's, let's check the fruit out of that tree and see why Jesus cursed it. It didn't have anything that represented the fruit of Jesus Christ, but it did have leaves on it. And some people like trees just for leaves, but, but some people want to have something from the tree that's more than just what it looks like. And that's why I see a lot of people just go to churches. 
They don't care what the preacher preaches. He'll preach about Dr. Pepper all day long and, and, and make it as a point and an illustration. And everybody's like, man, I like Dr. Pepper, so that sounds like a good message. And I know I'm making a joke of that, but I really do. I'm, I'm really making a point because there are some pastors that, I, I, I went to a church where that's all he talked about was Dr. Pepper. And I'm like, man, I really like Dr. Pepper. I think I'd be saved in this church. Until I realized he didn't have any biblical application at all to it. But, but when I'm going to get back to this real quick, and then I'm going to move on because we got, we got a, uh, things to do today. <laughs> we, 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 men, the, the, you got to be men in your homes. But what kind of man uh, that I'm talking about is a man that is a biblical man, a man that represents the Word of God, not just your own righteousness, not, not what you create. But the Bible says that a man is to love his wife, even a trice of the church. Am I correct? But then it also says that a woman is to submit to her own husband. You got two things here, submission and love. If, if, if she's not loved right, she can't submit right. But if she's loved right and she don't submit, then something's wrong with her and her spirit. Okay, I know, I, you know, it's not what you're supposed to preach on Sunday, but here we go, here we go. Look at it like this, and, and, and a lot of you have heard this, but I, I want the rest of you to hear it now, because look at it as love your wife, even as Christ also loved church, as the container. And look at submission as the content. It doesn't tell the woman to love her husband, it tells the husband to love his wife. Why is that? Because when you uh, love her, then to whatever degree you're willing to love her, she can pour herself into you. So if you walk around saying, I love my wife, and she's trying to submit, she don't have anywhere to put it. What is going to contain her, her submission is not control. But what's going to contain it is the container of love. Then, the Bible says, she becomes bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Now, that reciprocates because he loves her and she loves him. And it's not because he's controlling her. He's just taking his position so she can put herself into him. That's why they become one. That's why the Bible says there was no greater love than this, than a man laid down his life for his church. Why? Because he loves you. He doesn't make you. He doesn't control you. He doesn't manipulate you. But we pour ourselves into his death and grafted into his tree. Okay, let me move on. If someone wants to come to the piano, it helps me get my landing gear down. Nature, natural. They left the natural use. Remember I remind you of a story where God heard the cries of the children of Israel while they were in Egypt. While they were in Egypt, God called on a man by the name of Moses. And Moses Looked up and saw a bush that was on fire but not being consumed. And then 
he hears a voice. Exodus 3, 5, it says, draw nigh hither, put off thy shoes from thy feet for the place wherein thou standest. Moses is holy ground. Moses, you, you got to take your shoes off because you're standing on holy ground. Can I propose to you today, if you're going to stand in the presence of God, there's some things in your life that you must take off. For those that do not know God, listen to me very carefully. I'm going to talk to two, two groups of people here today. For those that do not know the Word of God or have not experienced the Word of God, and the Bible even says that you're a sinner. I know we don't like to hear that, but that's what the Bible says. So you must acknowledge your condition before you can deal with your problem. If you don't believe that you're a sinner, if you don't believe you have anything wrong with you, then you can't fix it. You need to know whether your lifestyle is against the Word of God or relationships and romances that you have that are, that are not to be unequally yoked. Friendships that are a negative influence. Pleasures of the world and the worldly living. Even a conversation. If you don't know your conversation's wrong, then you, 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 can't, you can't fix it. Addictions, drugs, alcohol, narcotics. Attitudes. Well, I, boy, I could preach on that a while because there are a whole lot of Christian people have some of the worst attitudes I've ever seen. In Colossians 3, 8, it says this, but now he also put off these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Get, get, get your vocabulary right. Get your words right. Speak those things that are yay, yay, and nay, nay. But we want to talk about the, the sinner and, the, and, and those that don't know God, but let's talk to the, the saints now. To the church-going folk, you must acknowledge your condition before you can deal with your problem. You got to acknowledge your 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 own self-righteousness, self-qualified ministries, and I belong here, and I should have this ministry, and they're called self-qualified ministries, and not a God-appointed ministry. Some people like to put themselves in position, but they don't live the life or even the example of the qualification of what that ministry would demand. Hmm. Being self-absorbed, it's all about me, and I can go on and on, gossip and stretching the truth, gossip and stretching the truth, gossip and stretching the truth. Being self-absorbed and Jealousy and bad attitudes. It says this in Colossians 3 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Lie not one to another. The reference here is not just lying in words, but also in actions. 
if you're going to say you're a Christian, act like you're a Christian. If you say, I love Jesus Christ, then act like you love Jesus Christ. If you say, Lord, I'm going to be faithful, then, then be faithful in all things. Don't hide it, conceal it. Don't cover it up. Say, Lord, I want my actions to speak louder than my words. And he said, when all these things that I've spoken of here already, when all these things begin to come to pass, he says, look up. Look up and lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. Don't look down. Look up. Look up. When it appears as though everything is falling apart, don't know where to go from here. When you're seeing the things that are going on in our schools and God being taken out of our government and trying to tell you that God is not real and church is not essential and so on, etc. He says, look up. We're getting close. Look up. Amen. We're getting close. Pay attention. There are going to be signs in the heavens, signs in the sun. He said, there are going to be signs. They're going to show us that Jesus is coming. Look around, look around. You can see it now. Look up. So today as we stand, the tree, the tree, the tree, the tree. There's two trees. One was the tree of Jesus Christ to which all can be saved. But the other tree was the cursed tree that soon shall fall. Because the Bible says that the devil's going to be thrown into the bottomless pit. That tree will not stand, but the tree of life, I am telling you here today, if you have ever made a decision, today's your decision to now become grafted into the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ, because he is the one that crawled up on the tree and died so that his blood can give you life, that you might also be grafted into his blood and into his tree, that you and I can be adopted into his righteousness. So as they begin to sing, I want to open these altars. And I want you to come down to this altar. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm just being transparent. There's some things in my life that I need to get fixed because I don't want the little parasites to deteriorate my life but I want to be grafted into your tree